In his introduction, Ray talked about bringing back into focus the novelness of novels and of returning to what he calls an avowedly evaluative criticism. What I'm particularly interested in here are the critical responses to the anti-novelness of certain novels. Novels like the one I wrote about in my essay in, um, in The Good of the Novel, which is Hanif Qureshi's 1998 novel, Intimacy, whose peculiar danger lies not in what it says, not in its content, but in its genre. Uh, Intimacy, for those who haven't read it, describes the consciousness over one night of an unrepentant author as he leaves his wife and two young sons to move in with his much younger girlfriend. Qureshi's own abandoned wife said that the book described precisely his behavior when he left her and their two young sons. And she said, it's not a novel. You might as well call it a fish, which I think is <laughs> a wonderfully surreal thing to say. And, <laughs> and she said that it was a book whose intimacy spoke only to her. Nobody else could read or understand what that book was about. The intimacy was so private. I really like the scandal that's generated by fiction which operates one inch away from real life. Novels whose novelness, whose art is stitched into that seam, that one inch seam. I think that novels, if they're going to work at all, should be dangerous, they should be a risk. Reading a novel should be like entering into a conversation or going to a party. You should be prepared to leave a completely different person. And the risk of this novel, especially the risk of intimacy, especially for a woman, and especially for a woman who's been left, is very high. And it's, and it's, a, very, it's a very challenging, very uncomfortable novel indeed. And this is precisely, I believe, where its, its genius can be found. In the, its genius can be found in the way that Qureshi reframes the real. Now, what interests me here is um, less what's going on in the novel itself than what's going on in the criticism. The criticism, all, all, the, all the, 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 the female critics who reviewed the novel saw it, uh, reviewed it in a very powerfully evaluative way, but rather than evaluating the novel, they evaluated the author himself and described him as a bad man. So the novel wasn't, wasn't discussed in terms of whether it was a good novel or a bad novel, whether it had aesthetic power or not. Qureshi was discussed as being either a good man or a bad man, but mainly a bad man because he didn't describe himself as having been redeemed by his experience. It was an unapologetic description of leaving his wife and children. He talks about the pleasure. He says, people talk about the pain of leaving. What about the pleasure? The story he tells is the wrong story. He's too honest. It's too true. And what, um, what the critics kind of rested their, um, their, uh, their criticism on again and again and again was the fact that as a memoir, this would have been a very good memoir. As a novel, it was a very bad novel. As a memoir, it would have been really powerful. As a novel, it's, um, it's, it's a disgusting event. Now, I'm very interested in, in memoir as well, and so there's a particular kind of boundary being crossed here I found, I found very, very thrilling. 
And I think that one of the problems with intimacy is that it does too well what novels are meant to do. If novels are meant to be vehicles for exploring interiority, if novels are meant to take you somewhere that you otherwise wouldn't go, Qureshi conveys too vividly, all too uncomfortably, what it's like to be inside the head of a man in pursuit of what he calls one of those fucks for which a person would have his partner and children drown in a freezing sea. The consciousness of Croatia's protagonist isn't a particularly morally enlightening place to be, but since when, since when did we look to literature for lessons in morality? Harold Bloom says in the Western canon that if we were to turn to the canon to form our personal and political moral values, we would all, he says, be monsters of selfishness and exploitation. Uh, Lee talked about novels as being places which could be morally uncertain, and, um, and this is something I want to kind of focus on here just for, a, another, uh, just for another minute. Now, the, the controversy around intimacy went on mainly in England in the late 90s, but there was a strange kind of replaying of it going on in the States six years later in the controversy around the publication of James Frey's A Million Little Pieces. Now, if you've not had the pleasure of reading that book, it's an attempt to... Um, it, w it, was a, it was a book he tried, apparently, on 17 occasions to get published as a novel, but it was turned down by 17 separate publishers. And it was eventually taken on by Random House, who said they'd like to publish it as an autobiography. And it's an account of his, um, his 10 years of um, addiction and a life of crime, you know, to, to fund the addiction. He started being an alcoholic and drug addict at 13, and he's 23 when, the, um, when, he's in, when he's in rehab. Now, it's precisely the kind of book that Oprah Winfrey would love, and she did, and, it, and, <laughs> and she put it onto her Oprah book club list, and it became a US bestseller and sold millions and millions and millions of copies until it was revealed by um, a journalistic magazine that called The Smoking Gun, that it, um, m much of the book was actually fictitious that he actually hadn't sunk that low and therefore he hadn't been able to rise that high redemptively out of that experience. That he'd been, he probably just had a kind of a preppy cocaine habit at some point, but he really, he really wasn't in the doldrums that far. And so there was an outcry about this and James Frey was kind of yoked onto the Oprah Winfrey show and attacked by Oprah on her sofa where, where she um, accused him of immorality and of lying and, and of believing, as she said, that the truth doesn't matter. She subsequently apologised to him for putting him through that humiliation and he found himself in this kind of, in this really unbearable position of, of, of having to say, well, I wanted it to be a novel, but they said it wouldn't sell. Then what happened, which I think is quite extraordinary, then what happened was that Random House, his publisher, said that they would offer all the disappointed readers a refund if they would sign a sworn statement saying they had honestly bought the book thinking it was going to be a life-changing memoir and found instead that it was actually quite a bad novel. <laughs> and um, in order to get their refund, not only did they have to sign this statement, but they had to, from the hardback, tear out page 163 and send it in, 
or if they had the paperback, um, send off a copy of the cover. And I wondered if Faber should do something similar for readers of Hanif Qureshi. You know, say, you know, of course, it's absolutely unbearable if it's a novel, but if it's a memoir, my God, what searing honesty. So both these books work as books. They both work as novels, and they both also work equally powerfully as memoirs, um, in that they, uh, they relate directly and forcefully to their readers. They both deal with what novels are meant to deal with, which is the complexity of thought and experience. And they've both been treated in strongly evaluative terms. The problem for the critics on both, uh, in both cases are the amounts of reality in display on their pages. There's either too much in the case of Qureshi or too little in the case of James Bray. And I wonder, is, is criticism not able to move beyond this kind of genre blocking? And I too, like Leo, I've been very stimulated by David Shields' reality hunger. And he is, uh, he's desperate to get out of it. He says he has no interest at all in the distinction between fiction and non-fiction, absolutely none, and he's not bothered by that. And he, ha he quotes something wonderful, which I want to close on, where he talks about a Graham Greene novel, which is said to contain the disclaimer, but he's never found this novel, so it might not, and I haven't found it either. It's said to, claim the, uh, to carry the disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. No person in it bears any relation to any actual person, living or dead. London does not exist. 